This is Ken Lubin, the host and founder of the Executive Athletes Podcast, and welcome to this week's episode. I want to thank everyone that has been listening, and thank you for the comments and feedback. They're awesome and an incredible help in this journey to making this podcast better and better each episode. Once again, this is unscripted and unedited, as I believe it's the best way to get to really know the guest. This week's guest is Andy Blow. He's the founder of a company called Precision Hydration. And I'm going to read, um, the best way is to just read the bio from his site, which is pretty unique. And what he's done has been absolutely amazing. So here we go. Um, In my slightly younger days, I was an elite level triathlete and have a few top 10 Ironman and 70.3 finishes to my name. I I also won an Xterra World Age Group title back in the year 2000. But knee surgery forced me out of competitive triathlon a few years ago, but I still compete for fun at events like Coast to Coast New Zealand and Otillo. We'll jump into those. Those are pretty exciting. The Otillo thing's catching on big here anyways. But um, I mainly get away with this because my incredibly supportive wife, Lucy, and two kids agree to pretend that these trips are in fact family holidays. There's no better way. Um, I've got a degree in sports science, sports and exercise science, and was once the team sports scientist for Benetton and Renault F1 teams. I learned about hydration and electrolyte replenishment the hard way by getting things very wrong and ended up in the medical tent of more than one hot endurance event. It took a lot of frustrating trial and error to get to the bottom of my hydration problems, but it was worth it. And as, precis- as precision hydration was essentially born out of this struggle. So Andy, great. Awesome to have you to the show. You're an athlete, you're a sports scientist, you're a businessman, you're covering it all. So great to have you. Thank you very much for the invite, Ken. Yeah, pleased to be here. So talk to us about, you know, we're chatting a little bit before, and I think a lot of people, you know, probably struggle with this is really nailing the hydration piece, right? There's every product out there to say, here, use this or here, use that. But I don't think anyone's really gone and gotten a sweat test like you were chatting about. And, you know, talk to us about the performance changes and everything else and how precision hydration, you know, that you formed plays into this. Yeah, well, I think, I think a big point of that ken is that with hydration advice there's there's a lot of conflicting information out there which confuses people and the reason for there being so much conflicting advice out there is is partly because there's there are competing brands and competing interests with you know so certainly in the sort of sports drink and, and hydration industry there's a lot of there's a lot of poor marketing there's a lot of sensational stuff written there's a lot of misinterpretation of scientific findings and and things in order to push you know basically just to push products and and then layered on top of that there's this whole factor that actually what people want is a sound bite of you know simple easy to follow hydration advice generic advice and that doesn't exist because every scenario and every individual is slightly different so you end up with this sort of confusion and then people essentially just have to learn their own their own best methods by trial and error and so a big part of what we're trying to do in in what we do with with the advice and and um, educational content that we put out through precision hydration is to to get people to understand okay we can't we might not be able to tell you exactly what to do but we can tell you how to go about investigating what you might need give you some ideas and give you the right ballpark to be playing in and then you can you can actually nail it yourself, and and as you sort of read from my my biography, this was what came out of the struggle for me. If, if I'd have had 
I've kind of really reverse engineered something that would have dramatically helped me as a younger athlete. And I'm hoping that, you know, we can, can get it out there to, to athletes so they don't have to, just don't have to have the same sort of level of struggles that I had with it. And you had mentioned um, that, you know, and reading a bit about it, you know, on your site and a bit about yourself that you did well in cool weather, but once it got hot, it threw everything off. Tell us a little bit about that. Was it, you know, is sweat rate different when it's cold than when it's warm? I'm assuming it is, but, you know, then you hear from the whole cross country world and the outdoor winter guys that you actually sweat more in the winter and you lose more, um, you know, more water and, and have bigger hydration issues. Talk to us about that. Yeah, that's the environment plays a huge factor. So if you take it, you know, in my sport from for many years was triathlon, and I would tend to, yeah, very much so. I would look forward to competing in the UK in cooler conditions, and especially if we got if we're competing in the summer, if we got colder than usual conditions, or if it rained or anything like that, I would always see myself, you know, kind of go up the rankings rather than go down. And if it was very very hot, it would be the entirely the other way around. And I seem to be I think I seem to be more sensitive to that than, than people around me. So my performances were a lot less consistent, but were consistently good in the cold and consistently bad in the heat. And at first, I think I, I growing up as a, as a youngster um, with my, my parents, when we used to go on, on um, holiday or vacation to somewhere in Southern Europe where it was hot, my dad really likes the heat and he worked when he was younger, he worked in, in the Navy in boiler rooms of ships at very high temperatures and stuff. And he always said he just never struggled massively with, with the heat. Whereas my mum used to hate the heat. And, and if we were on holiday, she would be one of those people who spends all her time in the shade or in air conditioning. And I, I just kind of assumed, oh, maybe I'm just, you know, I'm just like my mom. I just, I just don't like the heat. And, and that's that. I never really dug too much more deeply into it. But over the years, I, I got more frustrated with it. And especially when I started doing Ironman and, and often the big prestigious Ironman races are in hotter climates. And uh, I would, I would just, perform really really badly and have get muscle cramps and sometimes end up in the medical tent having to be rehydrated and you know so I spoke to a friend of mine who was a doctor and he he took a look at it and was saying well you have a high sweat rate we can see that but he saw all the amount of salt that I was losing because you could see it on my skin and on my clothing when it dried after after a race and with the, the muscle cramps and the other symptoms that I was getting a condition called hyponatremia where you have low blood sodium levels he said I think it's because you know you're losing a lot of salt and I said well how do we measure that and he and we put our heads together and you know tried to look for places and there were one or two places you know in different parts of the world where you could do a sweat test as an athlete but there were, it would have involved traveling to another country and spending a lot of money and I, and I looked at it and thought there must be a better way and actually we came up with the idea that we could use a hospital to do it because hospitals routinely for many years anyway i've routinely tested children for salt loss in sweat if they suspect they have a condition called um, cystic fibrosis which is a, a genetic disorder that affects their um well all, all different parts of their body but but one of the symptoms of it is that they they don't reabsorb salt in their sweat so they lose a lot of salt onto their skin and i had a, a effectively what was a cystic fibrosis type, type sweat test and it showed as the doctor and I had suspected that I have unusually high sweat sodium losses. And then when we did the basic, he punched some numbers into a spreadsheet and said, look, basically you've been replacing about five to 10% probably of the electrolytes you're losing 
when you sweat during a long hot race and clearly you're reaching a critical point at which this is just crushing your performance so the the simple thing for me was like add in a ton more salt into my drinks when i was racing or in, in salt tablets and stuff and honestly the difference was like night and day it made such a difference to so many aspects of my performance that that this was something which was very striking to me as an athlete and when i stopped competing and was working as a physiologist working with athletes that one of the first things i did was buy a sweat testing machine so that i could start to gather data on others amazing and yeah and then the rest is history then you went on to form a company called you know like we were saying precision hydration and you know we're again when we're chatting prior you're talking about it's you know, everyone's different, right? It's almost personalized hydration. Talk to us a bit about that as well. Yeah, when when you're talking about you know hydration being individual, I think it's a factor predominantly of of obviously two things. One is how much you sweat, and and people often know if they sweat a lot because they just experience it, especially athletes because they just experience it every day when they when they're training. And then you've got this fact added factor of like how much electrolyte you lose in your sweat, which we found is much more, you know, potentially genetic and quite variable between people. We see up to a tenfold difference in the amount of salt people lose in their sweat, but is relatively stable in our experience when we test people within an individual. So I get sweat tested almost on a weekly basis as part of what I do, you know, work-wise. And my number is always super high. And then we test other people, someone else in the office who's super low. And they're always super low. So that kind of number is, is, is quite fixed. And when you combine those two facts, you know, how much you sweat and how much salt you're losing, that's, they're the first two important pieces of the puzzle of how, how we're going to individualize hydration for you. And then added onto that, of course, is, is the duration of activities and the intensity and the environment, which, which effectively drive the total volume of sweat you lose over a certain period of time. So, so what, what we try to do is we try to do a part questionnaire and part physiology test-based assessment to say, what can we learn about how much training someone does, what kind of environment it's in, what kind of sweat rate they have. Then we factor, try and factor in how much salt they're losing. And effectively what that does, that comes up with a, that, that puts them in a zone, which is okay, basically they're a low sweat and salt loss person, a medium, a high or a very high. And then we have some guideline protocols and products to use with people in those different categories. So it's not, although we have the name precision and it is precise in what we measure, the, the output is often getting people in the right zone for some organized trial and error, error of their own. Because I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure you've experienced it as an athlete yourself, Ken. You, you know, some days you go out, you don't feel like you need to drink because you're a bit better hydrated when you start. Other days you you've gone through two bottles before you know before the first hour is done right and and so there's always variables but essentially we try and get you in the right zone and get you understanding what are the key things to focus on and when it with hydration it's basically fluid volume how much you need to drink and it's sodium content because sodium is what drives absorption of the fluid into your bloodstream and, and, and what holds it there and maintains your blood volume because and that is that's what it comes to everything else you read about with hydration and products is a lot of quite often a lot of noise and a lot of marketing hype really it's about getting fluids and salts into the bloodstream to replace those that have been expired in sweat right right and 
talk to us about you know what is a sweat test how how is a sweat test performed i think you know a lot of people this might be new and 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 what it is i'm i'm assuming it, you know I, I have a vision in my head but it could be right or it could be wrong yeah there's 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 two real fundamental different fundamentally different types of sweat tests there's an exercise induced sweat test which is where most people's brain goes to start with but where we get you to run on a treadmill or pedal a bike or something or go and do what you do and try and collect some sweat and then somehow get it back to the lab for analysis and we can also tell your sweat rate by weighing you before and after a session to see how much total fluid you've lost and that's kind of the the old school way of doing it and and has its merits but the the most difficult thing believe it or not is actually collecting a reliably um uncontaminated and unevaporated sweat sample from someone who's performing exercise even in a lab that can be quite hard to do by someone with skills and it takes time and it's quite it requires a lot of effort so what we've done is we've co-opted a this, this this sort of model that they use for cystic fibrosis testing which is used to, to use um, a chemical process to induce sweating in a in a part of the forearm so we can do a sweat test at rest take a sweat sample in about 15 minutes and analyze it immediately and that gives us a very good indicator of, of where your number is so basically you sit in a chair we attach some electrodes to your arm with a a small gel pad on them uh, a small amount of a chemical that stimulates the sweat glands is passed into the skin the, the sweat glands in a very small area about the size of a, a quarter coin starts to sweat we collect that sweat in a specially designed little piece of tubing and then and then put it through a machine and that tells us you know immediately what what your salt loss is so it's quite an easy it once you get in the right place to do it it's quite an easy thing to do wow yeah i had a vision of you know you're on a trainer in a sauna and you're gonna go for a half yeah. an hour and you get to collect a gallon of water at the bottom of your you know your towel or something yeah. like that so no that's amazing that's super cool um you know it, let's shift gears a little bit here, right? You know, you're a business guy. I'm sure you're still training and racing. You have a family. You know, how, how do you find time to pull this all together? Because I think that's a, a question for a lot of people that are, are executive athletes and, you know, or, or aspiring ones that wonder how we can do all this stuff. And everyone does things a little bit differently. So, so talk to us about that. Well, I think it was, it's, my, my business career has been, fairly interesting in that i don't i don't think i ever set out to with the with the sort of um with the ambition of running a business or even starting a business or anything like that i i went into employment straight out of college and, and went to work for a formula one racing team in motorsport but as a sports scientist so looking after the conditioning of the drivers which was which is actually a really cool first job to get into and and there was training um, a number of racing drivers doing that and then gradually that morphed into working for a management company that looked after racing drivers and doing a similar thing for them but it was at that point I became a little bit disenchanted with that more because of this the specifics of the company that I was working for at the time than the job itself I still loved the job but I didn't love who I was working for and at that point I would I'd had uh, the opportunity to work on some training camps in in triathlon um, and in motorsport with a friend of mine and we sort of decided that actually between us we would have enough contacts to to do this ourselves so we we set up a, a just a small business to do to do that kind of thing which is where then precision hydration eventually grew from because we'd got into the sports science area so it was a really 
long and organic process of getting to the point of starting a business. And then, and then I think really from, from growing a business as a startup like precision, precision hydration from the ground up with very little funding, you know, we funded it ourselves, group of guys, we funded it ourselves to, to begin with and, and continue to do so. We continue to reinvest the, the vast majority of the, the revenue that the company makes into growing the company and, and, and product services and people. I've just, I've just learned a lot of, a lot of hard lessons along the way. And you know, you, you were speaking of, you know, time management, how do you fit it in and that sort of thing. And I think honestly, at first I, I didn't know how to, and, and as a result, probably overworked a lot. Um, still kept on trying to train alongside it, experienced quite a lot of burnout and quite a lot of, it, it might be, it might be strong to call them mental health issues, but, but certainly some pretty down times and things like that, because I didn't know how to, how to manage everything. And I think I'm still learning some of those lessons now very, very regularly, but, but all the time, you know, things that I've learned are about, you know, time management. And for me, a great example would be trying to maintain my fitness as an athlete. I have, I've accepted a, a much lower fitness than when a fitness level than when I used to train full time. But if I want to train now, it has to be done first thing very early in the morning. Um, this morning I was up at five and I was in the swimming pool by six and I did a good sort of 3000 yard set. I was out by seven and then able to, to get a head start on the day. But I know that, you know, with two small kids and once I've had a hard day at work, the, the motivation to go out and get my running shoes on or hit the pool again this evening is pretty low. So I sort of, that's one of the big things I've had is for me, if I'm going to continue to do my sport, it gets one, it gets one small portion of the day, most days, which is very first thing in the morning. And after that work and family, you know, take over. And then, and then the other thing has been for me is building a, building a team around me who, who are able to share the load of growing the business. And I've got, I've got nine people in, the company of precision hydration now and you know every last one of them are fantastic and that's been really that's been hard to achieve because you know employing people is is tough and working with people and business partners can be tough but at the same time having having started to grow a team that i've got great confidence in it's fantastic being able to share the load and being able to share the journey of growing this business with other people and that's huge, right? To, to hire people that you can have confidence in. In my day job, I'm an executive recruiter. And, it, and it's one of the things of, of trying to find those right people, right? That you can have confidence in, that you can let people that you can delegate to and you know that you're going to get, they're going to get the job done and in creating a culture of success, right? I'm sure, I'm sure that's a big thing that you've done at precision hydration is, is creating that culture of success, but also the culture of fitness and being healthy, but trying to figure out how to have a family and have a little bit of fun in there as well. Oh, definitely. We've, we try to, we call ourselves a bit of a, you know, a bit of a family within the business because everyone, we've got a lot of athletes, you know, most of, in fact, everyone in the office is, I would describe them as like sporty and, and fit. If not actually, if they wouldn't describe themselves as competitive athletes, but I mean, J, JP, our customer service guy who, who, um, answers, he's a sports scientist and, a, and an elite level triathlete who answers a lot of the, the quest technical questions that customers have about our products and testing. He, he, likes to work because we're based in the uk but we we have customers globally his customer service inquiries literally come in 24 hours a day 
So what he likes to do is spread his day out working, you know, a few hours in the morning, then doing some training, then a few hours later, and then maybe doing another shift like late in the evening, um, rather than coming to work kind of in the classic nine to five pattern. And that fits his training lifestyle. It fits his, you know, his home lifestyle and his, and it means he, he's more effective with his work. So we try and have this, this flexible approach with the, the family of people that work here. And, and we try and do stuff together. You know, we'll, I think nearly everyone from the office last year came and did a, a trail. We went and did a trail running race together. We quite often travel to events if we're involved with sponsoring them. Like you, you mentioned the Otolo earlier, the swim run stuff. We're a partner of that series. So we've, we've had occasions where we've had loads of people from the office going and racing those events while we're working there and that sort of stuff. So we, we very much try and, you know, make it a good lifestyle choice because I think that's the only way of getting the best out of everyone, but also making it sustainable for the long run because we want to be here doing this in 10 years time. And, right. And right. Not sort of, not sort of doing this for a period and putting up with it and looking for the next thing. Well, and I think that's it, right? And, and understanding that. And also in this world, it's it's going to be an uh, evolutionary process. We're chatting, again, when we're chatting before, talking about watches that can um, measure sweat ratio or yeah. wearables that can that can do that. Because I think, you know, once you really start getting down to the science of this, right, it's, it's all just been generalist up until sensor technology is getting better and better. But to measure that, you can almost sort of create the perfect experience, right? And what's going to be different for you is going to be different for me. That's going to be different from someone who's down south or, or wherever they are. But I think that's, that's the evolution of what's next, of you know, where, where this is going to go. I know there's a pretty cool technology in the ski racing world now that measures how much pressure you're putting on the edges based on your yeah. boots and everything else. And yeah, this is just the beginning and, and it's got to be a super exciting time for you, you know, moving forward. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The, this, 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 like you say, the sensor area, when you can measure more, more um, things that are going on within the body, physiological markers or whatever, um, and then correlate them with other physiological markers and obviously correlate them with performance over periods of time in different climates and all sorts of stuff like that. The, the, what, what we can learn from that. It's like having, the, it's like having more data than you could ever get from a sports science lab, you know, 20 years ago in your watch while you're out running. And then, and then probably the AI behind that to compute all the numbers and for it to, to guide you in what you should be doing, you know, and, and give you point you in the right direction. Now that's where we want to go with what we're doing is at the moment we have a static sweat test, you know, where you have to go somewhere and come and see with someone, which is, which is basically the best, best option that exists at the moment. But we are working with people at the moment on developing technology that would allow it, a watch to measure sweat composition and sweat rate or an arm patch or an armband. And when that stuff is not, not a million miles away now. And I think that's, that's phenomenally exciting because what we can do then is is go and you know stick a we could stick a, a sleeve on you while you go backcountry skiing because like you say like you said in the the earlier intro bit you know when when you're working really hard in a cold dry environment with lots of layers of clothing on there's not a great deal of data out there about how much you actually do sweat we know people get dehydrated doing that, but how does that compare with you know the guy that's down in Florida um, in the summer running in ninety degrees and ninety five percent humidity? You know, we just we don't know what 
what that is at the moment. But, but as soon as these sensors start getting out there, we'll have a flood of data. There's your, that's just, your next study to sell more product, to go figure out the cold versus the warm. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's all sorts of stuff that we could get into. And, and beyond that, you know, one, one area with precision hydration that's been very exciting in the last 18 months is that we've been working outside of sport in occupational health and areas where you've got a lot of people that go to work and work in very hot conditions doing manual jobs. So for example, you know, we're working with a, a whole bunch of people who maintain and weld railroad tracks in Australia. And, you know, having been out there and seen the conditions that these guys have to work in day in day out, and they, the protective clothing they have to wear and how much they sweat, it kind of makes look looking like doing an Ironman look, like child's play really and they do it every day at work and these people have real issues with heat stroke and heat stress and dehydration and hyponatremia and so we're actually starting to work with some of those organizations to monitor sweat output from these people give them more bespoke hydration plans and seeing some like genuinely fantastic life-changing results because we're taking what we've learned from sport and applying it to a, a much more you know a much in, in many ways a much more valuable setting which is actually, you know, changing people's lives for the better at work. Right. No. And, and I think also, you know, just health wise, right. I think a lot of people, you don't even have to be an athlete to really understand you know, electrolyte balance of yeah. what, what's going to be good for me. Isn't necessarily going to be good for you, but it's, you know, that's really becoming, you know, a, a, a huge piece of the puzzle and becoming mm -hmm. key with performance. And like you said, uh, in the workplace, right? Think about how much more effective someone would be in a coal, not, you know, or in a coal mine or a steel mill or something that, yeah. you know, is properly hydrated. Or like you said, being on the, you know, the flats of Australia in the middle of summer, there's probably not yeah. too many places hotter than that. That's yeah. out there. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's all that, all that stuff get, just is so exciting, not just because of the scale of the, the sort of business opportunity, but, the, the life-changing potential of it we we met a guy or well, we didn't actually meet we didn't meet the guy himself but we met the supervisor of a guy who was basically at the point of quitting his job because he was just suffering so badly with his in the heat he couldn't they were saying he was losing weight because he couldn't eat his lunch at work and he was just feeling lethargic and tired and you know he's a fit guy but they couldn't figure out what was going on and he was just like me he was a guy who lost you know, tons of salt in his sweat and they started to supplement his drinks a lot more vigorously and, and give him a routine to follow and it was it was like it was for me it was like a night and day thing he got his appetite back because he was able to digest the food he was eating he could get back to work and for him it was a total game changer and you honestly get like a real i get a great sense of reward when we help an athlete do well in in a race but it's nothing like it is when you actually make a properly meaningful impact to someone's day-to-day -day life what about you know we're talking a little bit of, or been talking the whole time about endurance sports right with ironman with yeah. xterra with otillo and all that what about you know hydration importance for say crossfitters or weightlifters or, or or those types of you know those types of athletes yeah that we do we do work a fair bit with athletes who are in um, sports where the participation the, the competitive participation element is a lot shorter than a, a long distance ironman or something and the main i think the main application for good hydration there and understanding their hydration needs is when their overall training load is high or when they're training in a hot environment so it's kind of that cumulative impact of you may only do 
you know, an hour or so of, of CrossFit a day if you're doing it seriously and hardcore. But but that adds up over the week, you know, in terms of how much yeah, and dehydration and electrolyte depletion can creep up on you if you're not. If we talk about it as stepwise depletion. You know, you deplete a little bit on Monday and, and maybe don't quite re, um, refuel and rehydrate. And then it's a little bit, bit of another step down on Tuesday. And before you know it, you really are quite depleted by Wednesday, Thursday. So it's we when we work with um, and we work a lot in the US with um, pro sports teams like NFL teams and even Major League Baseball teams and stuff and it's and most of the the impact that we have there is in their their week to week training hydration rather than the hydration for game day. And then you throw a few beers in there and then it's game over. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, because I know, you know, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. I think you go do a hard CrossFit workout, right? And you go for 20 minutes or half an hour and, you know, the amount of sweat that comes out of you is, is amazing. I've, I was training in my garage yesterday and it was probably 24 degrees in there, but by the time you're done warmed up and you're in your first set, all of a sudden it's hot. It's just, you know, a different ballgame. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's and that's all because that high intense, that really high intensity, high metabolic activity is what drives sweat rate. Because your core body temperature rockets. You know, the human body's not hugely efficient when it comes to heat exercise and heat production. I think it's like for every. Um, I might get my figures wrong here, but it's something like every four hundred watts of power you produce, there's like over a thousand watts of of heat generated. Or it may even be more than that. But it's a very. You really do crank out the heat when you're working at a high intensity so you're dead right in in a 30 minute 40 minute high intensity crossfit session indoors with no airflow you could sweat an absolute ton you know and and more than you would going out for an hour easy run outside right exactly no and and it's 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 very interesting and like i said i think you know you're on the cusp of something great here with with that and i think you know then there's the whole health side of it too of like you were saying cystic fibrosis and you know many other diseases i'm sure that can be caused by electrolyte balance right so well, cf cf's an interesting one because although the the cause of cf is is genetic you are effectively born with cystic fibrosis or not the cf is typically um, people who live with cf have, have often had a very very shortened lifespan but because of the therapies that are being developed and the, the treatment regimes a lot of them are living a, a lot longer now and as a result are having to and, and are able to you know live a more full life which includes exercising and doing so we've worked with a couple of people who are who have cf who are actually doing marathons they're doing ultra marathons and doing stuff but they have a massive challenge because i lose a lot of salt in my sweat and i lose one 1800 milligrams of sodium per liter some of these people with cf lose nearly 2600 milligrams of sodium per liter of sweat or even close to 3000 milligrams of sodium per liter of sweat so that is just an unbelievable challenge for them. And we've worked with a CF doctor who's, helped, who's using our information and database and some of our products to kind of reduce the barrier to his patients for doing exercise. Because as these people, although they have to overcome this challenge, if they can exercise, they're far less susceptible to other things, you know, like heart disease and all the other classic um, diseases of inactivity that could otherwise creep up on them if they're if they're shying away from from doing it 
Right. Wow. That's fabulous. So Andy, you know, we were chatting earlier about, you know, where people can find you. We're coming up over a half hour here, which is, you know, like I said, we could just go forever and ever and talk about this stuff, but where can people find you? Where can they find more about precision hydration? You know, here's, here's an opportunity for you to give the plug out there. Oh, excellent. Um, yeah. So we love to hear from people so they can email us at hello at precisionhydration.com. Obviously, precisionhydration.com website. We've got a, a blog on there, which we renovated last year to make it keyword searchable, and we put out tons and tons of educational content on that. We, like I said, James, who I mentioned earlier, is the our lead on customer comms, and and if people have got questions about hydration, you know, nutrition, and stuff, then then reach out to us on that. You can DM us through you know Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, where we're at Precision Hydration or at the sweat experts on Twitter and yeah, just, we'd love to hear from you and, 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 you know, sort of hear what you've got, hear what questions you've got from us. Awesome. Um, oh yeah. Sorry, Ken. There was one other thing as well with, with our products. If people want to try them, we've set up a, a code for your listeners, which is executive athletes with an, with an S on the end. Um, and that gets them 15% off their first order through our website. So if they want to give any of the products a try, then they, they, can definitely tr- they can definitely do that and get a little bit of money off. Perfect, perfect. So Andy, and, and thanks, thanks for offering that to our listeners. I'm sure you'll probably get some people to definitely check it out. So Andy, this was awesome. I learned more today about sweat tests, about electrolyte balance, and than I've ever have in the past. I've only you know, read portions of it and everything else. And I think it's probably, like I said, it's keeping everything in balance within your body as in as well as your life, right? Is is when you're gonna achieve success. Definitely. And if I'm I'm still learning the bit about the, the life balance, I think. So uh, <laughs> it's good it's good to talk about that every now every now and again. And I know that your podcast is uh, is big on that. No, definitely, definitely. So Andy, again, thanks. This was awesome. I really appreciate it. And if anyone has any questions, comments, or feedback, email me at kenetheexecutiveathletes.com or you know, if you have some questions about how to reach Andy or the um, discount code, feel free to reach out as well. So everyone who's listening, have a great weekend. Go out there and crush it. And thanks, Andy, once again. Thanks, Ken.